0: Welcome to Crime by the Bar
1: Welcome to Crime by the Bar
0: I'm Jonathan I'm Anna And...
1: It's a glorious day
0: It is it's an hmm worthy day. I know. I keep making that noise, and not the noise that Kefi made. <laughs> Is that between a meow and a hairball.
1: No, she doesn't do hairballs. She just does gravelly meows whenever she's trying to manipulate us. <laughs> she realised we don't have uh, the the inbuilt oh um, factor of um, people who have had babies and go for the high pitches. We go for the gravelly tones.
0: Yeah. I mean that last one was
1: so nice yeah I know right I try to encourage it as well that when she does gravelly <laughs> ones I like pay her whatever attention she needs so <laughs> it doesn't I mean obviously if it worked all the time then oh. <laughs>
0: <sighs> we should give her some treats at least
1: do you want to grab some treats No, okay. <laughs> honeypuss come here and gravel at us okay we'll just have to see how we go um, well welcome yes
0: welcome yet again
1: um how are you doing how's your day been how's your week been
0: um week has been okay i'm feeling slightly defeated by not even my bike but the bike that i've been uh loaning from a friend which has had numerous flat tires and now i finally fixed them all and instead the tire just i guess the opposite it kind of swelled up and got deformed Oh no. Which I assume spells doom for it. But
1: So, what happens? Do you have to replace it or can you just try to take some of the.
0: I, I should probably just get my own bike again. How was your week?
1: I went to the gym. Not to actually oh. go to the gym, just to view the gym before mm. considering uh, taking up a donation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently playing hard to get whether or not they know that.
2: Um,
1: (laughs) But I have pretty much decided. Um, It's really nice, though. Hmm. Like, it has a pool and a couple of saunas, like two different Swedish saunas of different temperatures Hmm. and a steam room. And, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And proper supervision and segregation of the tiny monsters.
1: Oh, I didn't want to, like, start on the hate fest of tiny monsters. (laughs) But, yes, it was one of the questions I asked. (laughs) And the woman showing me around gave me this look that was, are you asking this because you have children or because you don't have children? Um, and I decided not to make it more painful than it needed to be and just tell her, I don't have kids. I not plan to have kids, uh, but yeah, they're, I'm just wondering what the story is. And she's like, well, over 14s are allowed in the gym, which is sort of fair enough, over 14. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see any kids whenever I was there. And... Um, Oh, yeah. And they have two pools, actually. They have, like, a jacuzzi pool and then a length pool. Oh. So, yeah. So tiny monsters should be fine. Um, cool. And they have a full-blown silent area for your yoga and Pilates. Oh. And they have a nice spin studio, and then they have, like, a normal weight studio as well.
0: Hmm. That's good. I actually got pitched by a friend to start with what she referred to as lazy yoga.
1: What is lazy yoga?
0: As in, you only do like one bit of the body at a time, Um, which I haven't heard of. Uh, But first she mentioned like uh, she wants to start yoga and, you know, get someone along on it. I'm a bit skeptical due to how ridiculously unbendy I am at the moment. It's
1: really good for you though, because it'll improve your flexibility and mm, your core.
0: Definitely, definitely. Like I did just like fake do it at home with some wonderful youtube tutorials that's um, nice though. for a while and that worked well but i can't do that on the boat
1: because you're too big
0: i'm too big and i don't quite feel ready to try to do it on top of the boat yet
1: oh that would be fun as long as you yeah. can't roll off
0: <laughs> i can <to> <laughs> you I can, can and you will um, it is a possibility uh, and that combined with the fact that I would still, especially since it's been so long, I would definitely need YouTube videos and that would make it even weirder. Oh,
1: that would be really fun. Mm. Maybe not.
0: Maybe not. Oh. But we'll see. Um, we'll, discuss, uh, we'll discuss that the next time I meet her and see if she sells me on the pitch. Okay. Who knows? I'm but very no, I, curious. I would would be okay with doing yoga again because I think that was good. Preferably not in front of other people, though.
1: No, I um, yeah, I don't think I know anyone who goes to this gym. Hmm. Because work people went to my old gym, not my the the old gym that I used to go to, but hmm. that gym opened a branch right beside the office, and I was um. like, oh yeah, cool. And then find out uh, one of the office perverts goes there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. Ah, uh, so let's not. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And, yeah, That's it. Hmm. <sighs> oh, anyway. Yeah, strangely enough, we both start our crimes in Norway. Mm. Mm.
0: Which is quite fun. I, I know that you had told me the country of your crime before, but I got confused with uh, a lot of things and then forgot about that and then realised today that both of them start in Norway.
1: You thought I was doing a boat. Uh, I did and instead of saying that you were like I told you it was Norway and you said oh is it maybe a slightly wet crime Mm. and I'm like yeah it is and then you assumed I was doing the boat (laughs) then whenever I realised you thought I was doing the boat I'm like I don't know what you're talking about and uh, neither of us are doing the boat nope unless you want to do it as a bonus at the end
0: no I don't think so
1: okay Sorry, you're left in suspense. <laughs> um, but I, I actually really like my crime this week, although yeah. it, I think it is one of those ones that some people listen to and go, oh, it was definitely this.
0: Well, that's interesting, yeah. especially if the this can differ.
1: Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll hear it and find out. What about you? Do you like your crime this week?
0: I do kind of like it. Um, it, it is a bit more well-known, uh, say high-profile, uh, than what I normally do, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I try to focus on some, some points that I hadn't heard before, and I'll try to not drag it out too long.
1: Okay. Hmm. Do you think you're worse this week? I kind of do. Okay.
0: <laughs> You'll just buy that?
1: Um... <sighs> if we go back to gore humanity and creep Mm. i actually score kind of low okay um it is it there's a lot of sad shit in mine but it's Mm. not like it's not going to be a top scorer on our scale
0: i score kind of high on everything and it's also a bit sad
1: oh for some reason i'm excited and smiling at this (laughs) please continue jonathan tell me your story tell me your norwegian story
0: yeah, it is enough, actually, to say that it is a Norwegian story. Most of it doesn't take place in Norway, but definitely a Norwegian story. Okay. I'm going to tell you about Brynhild Palsdatterstösset, uh, who is possibly more famously known under her later name of Bell Gunness. Huh. Don't know. I might come back to you.
1: Sounds familiar. Mm. Bell Gunness does. Hmm the other one doesn't. I know it's nope, a daughter surname, but I did other than that I didn't get it.
0: Uh no, it's um a Norwegian woman. Uh, she was born on the 11th of November in 1859 okay. in Selbu in Norway. Where is that? It's basically so well you know the general shape of Norway. Yeah. So you have
1: the coastline's all up in the left. Yes. Left and up and a bit down. So it's sort yeah. of like an L-shaped coastline, except it's a very, very scruffy L, because someone was, you know, having fun with borders.
0: <laughs> I would say so. If you consider, or if you imagine, kind of syrupy, extended teardrop shape, maybe? Uh, so, from the fat bottom bit, when it, approximately the point where it gets thin and starts just curving around, uh-huh. around there. That's really north it is north it is um so it's trickier to put it in uh, correlation to norway since norway goes up and around yeah Uh, but if you imagine sweden it is basically the halfway point of sweden Uh, now you've lost me oh sorry
1: never mind don't know what you mean by that right there as well oh yeah oh wow it really is skinny (laughs) <laughs> oh, the halfway point of Sweden. Okay, I hmm. kind of get that. So
0: there you see how you yeah, have the yeah, fat yeah. Norway bit and then yep. it so, Yeah, Yeah,
1: okay.
0: Approximately there. So, yes, Selbu. And she was, uh, so Belle, we're talking about Belle, she was one of eight children in a uh, pretty poor farmstead called uh, Storset Jadet, which is well, basically a family name. Thing. Okay. And I actually have a picture of... Uh, the little farmhouse thing.
1: Hey! And there's hills.
0: Mm-mm. Which is from the time when um, oh, she really? was a kid. Cool. Uh, but like, yes, there was, for some reason, someone found a photo of uh, like Farmstead. There are no photos of her at this age because well, they weren't rich enough to actually take photos themselves and yeah, no one saw cause to,
1: I guess. Nice.
0: So her childhood was pretty rough. Nothing... Homestead extravagant. Like, nothing really especially rough, but just, like, the practical issues of being a very poor family uh, and also some, you know, discrimination and judgment in school and church because uh, low-born nobodies, no money, I had to sit way furthest in the back in church and uh, kind of picked on in class and such.
1: That's horrible.
0: Uh, Yeah, not ideal. So she was probably not too fond of the area she grew up in.
1: Okay, understandable.
0: When she got a bit older, she moved to Lönke and worked as a maid for a while. I think about three years. Uh, But she wasn't really happy there either, even though it was a nicer household and everything. But in 1881, she was 21 years, I think. uh, She finally managed to fulfill her dream. And thanks to her sister helping with uh, paying her ticket, she moved to the United States of America.
1: That's a big move. It is.
0: Her sister had moved away as well with her husband earlier.
1: Yes.
0: Um, So she, as in Belle, boarded the boat Tasso and traveled to Chicago. So I said Belle, but she was still called Brienhild here. But
1: before she realized people are not going to be able to pronounce this shit. Actually, yes. <laughs> uh,
0: so, after she came to America after a while, she kind of followed. Her sister had done a similar thing and changed her name to Nelly instead. Uh, so, Brienhild um, uh, changed her name to Belle, which was slightly smoother, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, by 1884, so three years-ish, yeah. uh, she had kind of uh, settled in, moved around, got some circles, and in this year she married a Norwegian man.
1: Hey, she okay, so it's very much Norwegian.
0: Norwegian. Mm hmm. Okay. It gets more. Uh, <laughs> that's a weird sentence. We'll see more. Um, so this man, Mas Ditlev Anton Sorensen, after they got married, mm-hmm. at least Bell, but it sounds like both of them kind of uh, anglicized their name to Sorensen instead. So Sorensen. Skipped our fancy letters and uh, went for the American style.
1: Okay, well, fair enough, really.
0: So, uh, according to uh, one source, uh, Mr. Sorensen worked uh, night shifts as security for a shopping mall, but still kind of owned a decently fancy house in Austin on the west side of Chicago.
1: Very nice.
0: Others report that the the couple opened a confectionery store together, um, which did rather poorly for them. Oh. Didn't go too well uh, until it burned down.
2: Ooh, uh, and
1: sugar. they collected
0: a lot of insurance money and then bought an, either a fancy house or an even fancier house.
1: Wow, okay. So, yeah,
0: they they came out of that on relatively on top, at least. Okay. Uh, but even though they got this fancier house, uh, Belle had gotten more used to the fancier presentation and lifestyle; she had gotten into some more interesting circles, I guess, and she had a taste for more. And it kind of looks like she might have thought that her husband could not really keep up with this.
1: Uh oh, mm. we've gone a long way since her family in the farmlands of Sweden.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, of Norway. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Sorensens had together four children. So I couldn't find the specific, like, no birth certificates or anything, Hmm. but I couldn't find uh, like concrete mentions on these children because some speculated that, at the very least, the first ones, possibly all of them had been adopted. So it's not quite sure when she first gave birth, basically. Okay. But uh, the children were uh, Caroline, Axel, Myrtle and Lucy.
1: Wow, we're really going for American Mm. names.
0: And I'm saying them in a row now, but these are all the little monsters that came out through this union or in conjunction with it, at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, aside from these four, they also at some point later took in an uh, orphan that was very clearly no, no, this is like an adoption caretaking thing.
1: As in, we'll give it back, or just very open about. It not being theirs.
0: They're very open about it not being theirs. Uh, like give it if she was orphaned, she was called Jenny Olsen. Um,
1: Jenny or Jenny?
0: Jenny. I I assume Jenny, but Okay. Most of this I read on a Norwegian site, so I might be going back and forth a bit. Okay. Unfortunately, however, in eighteen eighty six, Carolyn died. Oh. When she was like We're talking infant stage, really, really young. Yeah. Um, Allegedly, she died of acute colitis, which is something that can share a lot of symptoms with certain kinds of poisoning.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because that's a stomach ailment, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's the... Um,
1: Digestion, mm. yeah. So it, it often, I believe, presents as having stomach pains or having nondescript pains mm. in your abdomen, mm. sometimes combined with vomiting, sometimes combined with diarrhea, um, generally combined with cramps. Am I hitting all your You're symptoms? You're hitting
0: all of the stuff. This is perfect, yes.
1: Yeah, I can see how that could have a lot of the same symptoms as certain types of poisoning.
0: hmm
1: Creepy. Yeah. <sighs> And it's,
0: so yeah there are a lot of dark points that we unfortunately start with one pretty soon the second one is in um, 1898 mm-hmm. Alex one of the other children mm-hmm. also passes away at a similar age got the same diagnosis
1: mm. interesting
0: and um, both of these children had life insurance though
1: is i I've never asked any friends of mine, do they have life insurance on their kids? I don't feel like it's a normal thing, but maybe I'm just being super naive.
0: I can't see myself thinking of that as a parent, to be uh, honest.
1: I mean, uh, and under what circumstances do you get life insurance? It's only really mm. to protect yourself against some kind of investment or financial commitment.
0: Yeah, or like when so I like think a, of...
1: A mortgage is a you know investment slash mm. financial commitments so you have to get life insurance to make sure if you have a joint mortgage with your partner or your whoever mm. then then you're protected if one of you dies and all of a sudden your income is half or less or whatever
0: i've never thought of the mortgage yeah. thing yeah I, I just think in general of making sure that people more often than not uh, your own little monsters yeah will have an easier time if you pass basically but
1: Oh, yeah. Didn't ever think about that. Huh.
0: Joining perspectives.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, fair enough.
0: <laughs> um, but the other way around seems...
1: You know, stranger. this sounds this sounds really heartless, but I can understand if you've invested a lot financially in your child. For example, um, <laughs> Tiger Woods' dad is probably like whenever Tiger was seven or eight, or... Um, Pff, Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton or um, anyone—it's like the, this kid is doing is doing well, and I've spent a lot of money on uh, cars and golf clubs. So um, let's let's make sure I get that money back if something bad happens. Maybe maybe more so in uh, go karting and F one because it's like. You know, kid could get quite messed up quite quickly. Okay, this is terrible. This is kind of terrible, <laughs>
0: and I have not gone down there. But river. do you
1: understand where I'm coming from? It's mm. like how how much um, did uh, Jensen Button, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen's parents sink into them getting to the professional level mm-hmm. where they're capable of entering F1? I mean, it must be hundreds of thousands, easily.
0: This is probably true, but
1: I bet they didn't take out life insurance on them either. Or if they did, it was probably. You're right, Kelphie, I should just shush. <laughs>
0: <laughs> But just to round that off, even in that, you know, positioning, think of it as an investment in that frame. Like, you wouldn't think of that, like, before the kids are basically sentient beings, like, before they're articulate, like, when they're, like, tiny waddling infants
1: yeah unless unless it was like a, a whole bunch of IVF for it like it was like I've spent all my money on getting IVF done this was our only chance I don't have the money to ever do IVF again then that
0: makes a lot of that sense, makes a actually. bit more sense actually that makes a lot of, that sense, makes
1: yeah. a lot of sense good mm. good job Anna you finally not sounded like a <laughs> terrible human being um yeah I think that's also a good reason to do it I think that's the yeah. only justifiable that, reason.
0: That is a good one. I mean... I'm um, pretty sure that not hap- that did not happen here, but...
1: Well, I mean, how long's In Vitro been around for? Probably not since the late 1800s. Probably not, no. Um, <laughs> I... If you... Yeah, if you have any insight on life insurance on kids, really curious to know about that, because mm. I have no idea. Let us know. Maybe it's not weird. Maybe everyone does it and no one talks about it. Mm. I don't really want to text anyone out of the blue and say, "Hey, do you have life insurance in your kids?" But um, especially that, if they know I'm is... doing this.
0: Well, I mean, if they know you're doing this, that would be understandable. Like, yeah, that's it, probably less weird. Without the context weird. of a podcast, if like any of my friends would text me that and I had kids, I would be like,
1: "You're not. Maybe we over. need to move.
0: <laughs> should we? Should we move? Skip country? Yeah, yeah
1: definitely, or at least say we've
0: moved." Mm.
1: Okay, life insurance on the first two kids that are both dead of the same fucking symptoms. Mm -hmm.
0: Like there was a, uh, we're talking a lot of years in between them, Mm -hmm. but still thought it made sense to mention them How many years? 12 years between the deaths.
1: That's a lot, yeah. Mm. Wow.
0: They were together for a pretty long while, the Sorenson. So that, so Alex passed away in ninety eight. In the year 1900, the noughties. <laughs> the uh,
1: Naughties of the 20th century. Yes. Uh,
0: on the 30th of July, Belle's husband died. Suddenly.
1: Whoa. Approximately symptoms? as
0: suddenly as my sentence made it uh, sound like.
1: Symptoms, symptoms, symptoms.
0: So... <laughs> I can shush. We're, yeah, we're, we're not entirely sure, and we'll get to why, but um, first off, like in conjunction with his death, there was a statement from uh, the couple's neighbors, who said that Mats was playing in the yard with the kids, and then just a few hours later, he died. That is so f- they were rather surprised at this, because he seemed to be sprightly and happy and bouncy.
1: Yeah, that mm. is a bit weird.
0: So the doctor performed the autopsy. A doctor Mulder, uh, he, like
1: Mulder and Scully. Uh,
0: no, no, Mulder is O U Mulder, like Smolder, I guess. Um. <laughs> doctor Mulder, he knew the family very well. He had actually even been a tenant uh, of theirs for some time, with them. So he concluded that Mass died from a from an enlarged heart. Which caused a heart failure, and he also stated that the autopsy and like any investigation into this was completely unnecessary.
1: Oh, good to know. Mm -hmm. He's not banging Bell by any chance?
0: Not that I know, but just from what I've read, there might have been a bit of a monetary connection, possibly. Not entirely sure. Don't have any base, any like evidence, but um, that's the impression I got. Okay. Uh, It is worth noting that uh, Bell's husband was at this time in the process of uh, switching insurance companies.
1: Okay.
0: And it just so happened that on the 30th of July was the exact day when his two life insurance policies overlapped. No. And Bell got payouts from both of them. No. Yes.
1: That's very interesting timing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Almost suspicious almost (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that's also one of the points that kind of got me stuck here because this is the first time i've ever heard of that happening and like yeah me too like earlier in the week we were talking about cases where people were trying to fiddle and take out several life insurances but like if people were actually keeping track I can see how this could happen even if the companies knew like none of it you have until the 15th and then of course you don't want to go uncovered so the next one starts on the 15th so there is no dispute yeah 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 but no she she got payout from both of them
1: that's crazy which was kind of crazy
0: after he was buried mm-hmm. uh, Sorensen's brother apparently wanted him exhumed uh-oh because he thought there was foul play involved.
1: Okay, so he's somewhat suspicious.
0: Mm, and he wanted a, a new autopsy with the second opinion, so hence wanted to exhum his brother's body. But unfortunately, he could not afford to have this done because that's... that would have cost him three to four hundred dollars in the day. Wow! But he didn't have that money. That's really so sad. Nothing happened there. Really, mm-hmm.
1: and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the end.
0: Nope.
1: Oh, okay. But
0: it, it's the, That's end the end for the him. brother. Yeah, yeah. Wow. With the insurance money she now got, uh, also a bit conflicting sources, it either was eight thousand five hundred dollars, or it was five thousand dollars and eight thousand five hundred was the total that she kind of amassed by then. Okay. Uh, but needless to say, it was a lot of money back then.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a crazy amount of money.
0: Mm-hmm. With this money, she can now afford to buy a one hundred sixty-two thousand square meter farm. In what?
1: Say say that size again. One
0: hundred sixty-two thousand square meters.
1: That's insane. That is pretty big. I'm. What is she going to do with that amount of farm space?
0: Well, farm presumably.
1: Well. I mean, does she have a staff? <laughs> she can't really do it on her own. Uh,
0: no, but I mean, as well, like when you buy an estate, even though it is big, like you don't need to use all of it, I guess. Uh, but yes, so I might have said this was in uh, La Porte, Indiana. Okay. So a bit away from Chicago now. So the estate apparently had a history of prostitution and murder. Okay. So, the neighbours were all delighted to see that a decent and Christian mother was moving in there.
1: Oh, lovely. Mm. I'm imagining she's going to turn it into, like, the bunny wrench now.
0: <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> um, I will say no. Um, so, after she moved to the farm, mm-hmm. it actually didn't take that long for her to remarry. Okay. And she found yet another Norwegian man.
1: Well, she has her type, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Very specifically so, because this man, Peter Gunness, Gunness, uh, he actually came from the same area of Norway as her first husband as well. Okay. So they were pretty close. I don't think they knew each other, but they were pretty close and moved in similar circles, I guess.
1: Well, I I mean... I was going to say how many Norwegian immigrants are there over there, but actually the population in the US was a lot smaller back then and most people were immigrants.
0: And there were a lot of Norwegian immigrants as well. Yeah? Uh, Oh yes.
1: Norway Um, doesn't have that many people. Well, yes, it doesn't really matter.
0: There weren't that many people (laughs) in the US back then. Okay, fine. They were making more people.
1: (laughs) They were making more people. Uh, At least four or more people. Five?
0: Well, one was adopted, so yeah. But there will be more as well. Spoilers. We have a lot to go through. Um, so, yes, as I said, uh, Peter Gunnis, uh, and she changed her name yet again and ended up as Belle Gunnis. Okay. Uh, so, this was on the 1st of April 1902 that they married. Um, so, Peter was a widower and mm-hmm. had lost his previous wife a year earlier. Uh, he had two daughters the five year old Svanhild and the infant Jenny.
1: Okay. Another Jenny
0: Yes So apparently they worked pretty well together on the farm They were um, raising pigs and selling their produce in town
1: And everyone's thrilled because we've got a nice Christian mother living there Oh yes Selling oh, yes. Uh, some good good Christian pork mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Don't, just move on
0: Unfortunately, just a week after they moved in together Uh huh Peter's youngest daughter died.
1: Oh dear.
0: So this Jenny died, not the other Jenny. She was still around.
1: Not the original Jenny. Jenny number two. Mm. Baby Jenny.
0: Baby Jenny. It was ruled as of uncertain causes. She was so tiny they weren't really sure. Mm -hmm. Um, The main thing we do know is that at the time she died, she was alone in the house with Belle. Uh Uh-oh. Eight months into their marriage... Peter was found on the floor of their kitchen with his skull split and a broken nose.
1: That's a, an interesting fall.
0: Mm. Uh, well, technically a fall, actually. Bell claimed that a meat grinder, uh, some sort of say it was a sausage machine. Um, Do you know
1: what those look like?
0: The sausage machine, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. those are super heavy.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, like meat grinders can be heavy too. So,
1: I mean, so yeah, yeah, sounding legit. I I, I see well, the direction, let's...
0: She said that it fell off a shelf in the kitchen, hit him in the head. She also said that after this, he got tired and was going to bed, but then suddenly he was dead.
1: Okay, now it seems a little bit ridiculous.
0: Kind of, kind of. Peter, by the way, uh, also had life insurance.
1: Oh, that's good. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure his kids are going to be all right. Oh, wait.
0: Actually, yes. Um, I assume that might have been a thought. Because after his death, there was a bit of disagreement between Belle and Peter's relatives. So they definitely thought that the inheritance should go to his daughter, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were also slightly suspicious and very worried about her safety. So the remaining daughter, Svanhild, to the point that in the end, the relatives straight up kidnapped her. ...and hid her away from the farm... Uh, ...at a farm... Uh, ...one of their friends' farm... Uh, ...and Belle never managed to get to her. And Swanhild was the only child... ...to ever survive living with Belle.
1: What? Wait, this is getting worse.
0: hmm So there was still the disagreement... ...with the inheritance... ...but Belle was pregnant... ...at the time of Peter's death. And six months later... She gave birth to a boy, Philip. Okay. And this, in the end, kind of settled the inheritance dispute because he got the inheritance in her care.
1: Of course he did.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, creepy.
0: At this point, finally, a lot of people started getting suspicious. Just a bit. Um, To the point that the district coroner that was uh, investigating this as well, he declared that this was like, no, 100% murder. What?! Yeah, that that was his very outspoken opinion. So a lot of people knew Peter and knew that he would not have been that clumsy, It worked as a butcher, and it was really good, and it didn't add up. Okay. Um, and then there was also a supposed statement from the, the adoptive daughter, Jenny. Uh, one of her classmates said that she had confessed with the words, my mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Oh. Don't tell a soul.
1: Oh dear. Mm. Kids talk some shit, but that's a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, so when this was brought up and she was questioned about this, she completely denied, uh, as in Jenny, completely denied that she had said that.
1: Oh, little honey. Which like,
0: it could be either way, but yeah, and always still appropriate. And in the end, Bell managed to convince the coroner's journey that she was innocent.
1: She... Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say to that. Mm-hmm.
0: Later, Jenny disappeared. Belle told her neighbours that she had been sent off to a Lutheran college in Los Angeles in 1906. Around there. Mm. And no one saw her again there.
1: I suspect that, okay, something bad happened.
0: Yeah, At this point, Belle was pretty well off financially, but... Still not satisfied. It appeared to be the case. Um, so up to this point, she had run the farm herself after her, her last husband passed. But in nineteen o seven, she hired a farmhand named Ray mm-hmm. Uh First, non-Norwegian name here. Well, no, sorry, the doctor. So around this time, she started putting out a lot of like lonely hearts ad. Thing.
1: <gasps> Hold on a second. I think I might know this one then. Hmm. Continue.
0: So they were very targeted to Scandinavian immigrants. Yes. Preferably Norwegians. Yes. uh, Saying that she was a wealthy widow looking for a marriage. Yes. And a lot of people responded. Her mailman was very busy. She got letters like every day. She always picked them up herself. And in her correspondence, she wrote things like um, she was trying to get people to... um, to come over and visit her of course like suitors yeah Um, she wrote things like there are so many bandits on the roads make sure to sew all your money into your jacket linings and our love is so great that others won't understand don't tell anyone that you're coming here
1: oh dear Mm
0: -hmm. so this was when she was inviting people over of course oh
1: dear oh dear
0: so we now know that she was convincing her suitors to either like some of them like buy into the farm as uh, to start off their partnership together. Yeah. Um, and when they arrived with like money, she poisoned a lot of them. Some yeah. she hit with a hammer as they were sleeping. Whoa. And such. So uh, some she convinced to like pay help her pay off her mortgage uh, to like stabilize things so they could focus on their relationship. Um, Others, she just tried to have rush over with all they had. Like One particularly romantic letter, which reads as really, really creepy in this context, ended with the line, Come prepare to stay forever.
1: Oh dear. Hmm. Oh dear, oh dear.
0: At this point, there were no suspicions towards her. uh, But later, when all the pieces kind of fell into place more stories came forward from like uh, family neighbours or suitors who dodged the bullet basically due to timing or circumstances and such. Yeah. So partially we know a lot about her letters, but also um, on the receiving end of other people. So Belle's farmhand, Ray, was apparently in love with her as well, but also jealous of like the myriad of men that called on her. He was presumably in on a lot of the murders to some degree or another. Uh, judging from some of his statements and things we know now, but regardless, he was kind of definitely starting to become a threat to her. Oh. Due to the knowledge, I suppose. Uh, but for some reason, she fired him in February 1908.
1: Why didn't she just kill him if she really did all these? Mm. Oh, oh.
0: We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, even though she fired him, he still kept uh, he still kept coming around trying to visit her, but she kept turning him away. On the 27th of April in 1908. Hey, King's Day. Hey,
1: look at that. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Belle went into town to see her lawyer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She, for the first time, wrote a will, making sure that everything she had would be left to her children if she died. Uh oh. Um, and she also spoke more of how she feared for her life because of Ray.
1: I do know this. Mm-hmm. I do know this one. Mm. I know what's going to happen.
0: So she said, this will not be a surprise to you, that he had threatened to kill her and burn her house down. Yes,
1: I do know this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh, We're on you the end. very, very nice job on this, by the way.
0: <laughs> Belle had actually, before this, started basically campaigning against Ray. I think, like since a month before that or so. Yeah. Trying to have him declared insane and committed. Wonderful. But she had not been successful. I'm guessing that's why she went for this tactic. Okay. So, after her visit to her lawyer, though, she she went out shopping for supplies. She was talking among some others and with her new farmhand, Joe Maxton, Mm -hmm. uh, about being in a good mood and planning a great dinner that evening and such.
2: Yeah.
0: I should also mention that some witnesses had, a couple of days earlier, seen Belle both in town and at her home with an unknown woman.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Belle was a pretty robust lady. She was uh, 183 centimeters tall and weighing something over 90 kilos. Uh, So, that's six feet versus 200 pounds-ish.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's a tall... Yeah, robust is the right Mm. word. She's just a big human.
0: Do you want to see a photo? Yeah, please. (laughs) I have...
1: Does it have her with a bonnet
0: on? Uh, No bonnet, I think. No bonnet. So, I can first show you so this is in the heyday around her first marriage
1: it's yeah that's difficult to tell that she's
0: it's not that robust but then you can see with the family happiness of her with her kids
1: she looks really grumpy
0: she does not look like she's appreciating much of anything
1: she looks really unhappy <laughs>
0: um it's but also like stock, like if you look at that and consider one eighty-three or six feet. Yeah,
1: see, that's what I'm trying to do with both of these. Um, sorry, I'm holding on to this for a sec. Um, I don't. I don't know what I expect a six-foot-tall woman to look like while seated, but um, <laughs> I'm just like she doesn't look that tall. Hmm. But there, there's nothing for scale.
0: True. true. So well, kids, but yeah, what but can you tell from they
1: kids? vary significantly in length yes so I don't
0: know every day almost
1: yeah Um. that's why they measure them on the wall
0: (laughs) yes yeah um so yeah she was robust as we say this unknown woman was markedly smaller than Belle so that night on the night before or the early hours of the 28th of April Mm -hmm. there was a great fire at Belle's house
1: that's interesting
0: everything burned to the ground ooh when the remains of the house were combed, they found four bodies. Those of Myrtle, Lucy, and Philip. Oh. They were 11, 9, and 5 years old respectively at that time.
1: That's horrible.
0: Yep. And they also found the body of a decapitated woman. Yep. So, there was some debate raised since this body appeared to be much smaller than Belle's would have been.
1: Shrink in the fire.
0: That was put forward by a lot of people. Actually, no, no, all the fat will burn off and you'll look tinier. Um, you want to lose was some was actually weight? genuine suggestions at the time. Oh, dear. Um, they also, um, uh, a lot of weight was placed on the fact that her dentures had been found near the body.
1: The, the body was decapitated. Yep. Which is quite strange.
0: Yep. And also, dentures tend to be, you know, removable. In the
1: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: As no. in, we're talking the full uh, like plug-in oh, things.
1: Yeah, but I, whatever you're like, I was like, oh, yeah, so she could have taken them out and put them in a jar. So it's fine that they're near the body, but it also lends to the whole,
0: mm. doesn't I even have to be her face. I didn't think of the jar thing, but yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, how many <laughs> people sleep with their dentures and no one I know? Not that I know that well, many dentures. I wearers. know
0: no one who has dentures. Really? Right now. So, no, the last one I knew was my grandfather, but he's... Wait no, it was my grandmother's. I don't think my grandfather had dentures. Yeah,
1: Auntie B doesn't have them.
0: Hmm. I think it was just my grandmother. I'm not entirely sure. I know I've seen them, but I haven't seen them be removed or inserted.
1: I I know quite a few people with them, even people our age. Um Really? Yeah. Um I, accidents and crimes committed yeah, against them. True. So um but I don't think they would hmm combination not all the same person um Mm. but
0: yeah i'm very happy of the fact that dentures are a thing yeah because like yeah if or when something you get an iron rod to the face or something yeah you'll be able to chew that's a good thing
1: yep Mm. (sighs) bad biscuits um but decapitated though decapitated mm. and burned
0: so i i say decapitated what we technically know, the head was gone. Ooh. That, I mean, that was...
1: Headless with dentures nearby. A headless nearby. body
0: with dentures nearby. That's what we know.
1: That, that's... No. It's no, no, no. But I mean, the dentures nearby are okay because it's not like they find real teeth nearby. <laughs> uh,
0: true. <laughs> uh, so, in the end, at the time, mm-hmm. they made an official ruling that Bell had died in the fire. Okay. So, police arrested Ray for the arson the next day.
1: Ugh, it's all making sense. Kind of is.
0: Yeah. So, he was not very helpful, uh, not even in, you know, light of trying to exonerate himself. Yeah. Uh, His main defense was supposedly that the body they found could not have been Bell's, so he can't be committed for killing her kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But, as mentioned, they had already decided that that was the case makes so it a that lot easier trial either. didn't go too well for him but one of Belle's earlier suitors and I say earlier as and when she started the lonely hearts thing mm-hmm. um, was Andrew Helgelian he had um, so with this correspondence and relationship she had straight up told him to bring all your money when you come uh, which he didn't quite comply with fortunately I suppose but he did bring a substantial amount yeah And he was never seen again.
1: Uh Uh-oh.
0: He did, however, have a brother.
1: Who he clearly told. Yes. Good job.
0: Asle Helgelien.
1: Norwegians. Yes. Of (laughs) course.
0: Well, to be fair, I'm assuming due to the surname, and first name, to be honest, uh, I don't actually have it written that they were Norwegians, but I think so. Okay. Uh, But the brother, uh, well... Andrew had told his brother of his plans to go there. Mm -hmm. uh, And he later, so uh, Asla had later found the letters between his brother and Belle. He had contacted her. He threatened to visit her several times. But Belle just constantly tried to shake him off and mostly wrote things like, "Uh, no, 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 he came here and then he left. And I haven't heard from him since. But if you find him, do tell him that I still love him ever so much. Kind of style. Super sus. I, I, well, yes. Combined I, with everything else, yes. I, I read this in Norwegian and I tend to exaggerate a bit in tone when I do that. So, But that was the general gist of it. Uh, but after this brother was informed of the fire, uh, he went straight to La Porte and told the sheriff there, Sheriff Smutzer, mm-hmm. um, that he believed Bell had murdered his brother. So shortly after this... Fortunately, the newer farmhand, Joe, came forward to share some stories and information.
1: Oh, oh, Joe knows.
0: finally made the police look a bit deeper. Okay. So, apparently, Bell had ordered Joe to, for instance, bring a lot of, like, loads of dirt to a large area where, I think it was where the pigs were fed, that was surrounded by a wire fence. Uh Uh-huh. Joe said that there were many deep depressions in the ground that have been covered with dirt, and Belle told Joe that these filled-in holes they just contain rubbish. But she wants to ma- wanted him to make uh, the ground level there, basically. <laughs> so finally, police started to dig up the farm
2: oh, starting amazing. there,
0: and they found a lot. So they found the body of Andrew Helily on the grounds. Uh, in the same day, they also found Jenny's body. Ugh. It was supposedly in the, was it, Lutheran school thing? Yeah. And they found the remains of, in total, there were at least 12 people. Wow. So the excavation was like really crude and sloppy, and that combined with decomposition and the general damage done there, yeah. it was pretty impossible to make an accurate count. Wow. And it was not made easier by the fact that the crime scene kind of became something of a spectacle. So... Everything from journalists to onlookers, rubberneckers, kind of flooded the grounds, and which definitely didn't help as a crime scene. Um, people were actually walking around selling food and drinks to onlookers oh, no. while the excavations were ongoing.
1: Oh, I don't imagine that's something that would make anyone hungry.
0: So this isn't the worst of the photos, but this is, I saw several ones. This is kind of the most believable one, I guess, but... Just this photo with wow. crowds. It's just a full-on
1: country fair, kind of. As they've cordoned off a bit that they're digging up, but like mm-hmm. everyone's just gathered around it in little groups. Mm-hmm. That's madness. Really is. Can understand why she won the big farm now.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah.
1: Probably did work all the grind. <laughs> and this is why you shouldn't judge your neighbors. Like you shouldn't take a look at them and go, "Oh, I'm so glad that that type of person's moving in." It's like you know nothing.
0: Observe and wait for the evidence.
1: Yeah, just observe and uh, assume the worst in everyone. Mm. (laughs) True.
0: Even back in this time, though, uh, a lot of people after this went down kind of criticized the sheriff, saying that he apparently stopped the diggings before all the bodies could be found. Oh, creepy. But uh, as buying it next, he, well,
1: there's no way he s- farming.
0: Some people actually did. Uh, there was a story where people thought they had a story because, as they were digging up to uh, do something, they found some bones and they thought, "Oh, this must be connected." But it was. I couldn't get all the details, but apparently it was nothing sinister. It was just you know, old, old, old bones. Yeah. Um, but as the investigation here. Uh, the investigation and digging went on. More reports started coming in from friends and relatives of people who had mysteriously disappeared. Oh! Which, with high probability, might have been taken out by Bell. We don't have an exact count, but it is generally accepted that she was probably behind. There are some speculation that she might have killed over forty people in total. Wow! Uh, but definitely more than uh, what they found.
1: And yeah. a candy store.
0: Oh, yes. And the candy store. (laughs) Killed the candy store. One final note that I will bring in, mostly because you said something that really reminded me of this, but I didn't want to say it. Okay. But I haven't been able to corroborate this, but I saw especially some Norwegian sources that had dug up this. Might be just rumors, but apparently Bell was rather famous in town. Yeah? for how tasty the sausages coming out of her farm no. was.
2: That oh, was that's gross.
0: Just as a note, nothing affirmed, but like even when mentioning like meat grinders and sausage making machines, yeah. of course they had pigs, they were making sausages, and just like, oh yeah, that might be a thing.
1: Oh dear.
0: But in the end, no one knows what actually happened to Belle. Like you she, might believe that she yeah, was burned she in the fire, it away. but
1: oh, come on, she made it away. I
0: think so. I think so.
1: You okay? It's uh, one thing losing your head or um, losing weight as mm-hmm. a result of uh, being burnt, but you don't shrink in length slash height. <laughs>
0: no. uh, so,
1: and I, I am familiar enough with. I, I actually don't remember any of the early stuff. I guess any coverage I've read. Of, or any stories I've read about this, they really focus on the ending. Mm. Um, so I love the way you've done this. But um, I'm sure I have heard of this and I'm sure they they measured the corpse somewhere along the line.
0: One would think. So what I know is that in 2007, mm-hmm. they actually finally got permission to exhume the body of oh. the headless woman. Oh, wow. In an attempt to be able to determine something like either way. Uh, they were hoping... Because they had some pieces of either evidence or relics from the family they were hoping to find some kind of DNA to compare with, uh, but they couldn't find like a viable base to compare from yeah, but this hasn't led to anything there haven't been any breakthroughs or anything, but
1: well, she did kill all her kids, so
0: yeah that too Ugh. all but well okay, well, all but one step kid, I suppose
1: yeah. Because they got away, and Mm. you can't DNA test the stepkid. Because of
0: a kidnapping, which I think, like, well done on that family, seeing, like, managing to get away with it, and I can imagine that they were all pretty happy with that decision in the end.
1: Yeah, it's one thing when it's like, I can't believe you kidnapped my stepkid, but it's like,
0: Mm.
1: no one really has anything to fall back on there. Nope. Defense, that is, to Mm. fall back on. That is yeah. a very nice story.
0: That's my story. I'm very... I was pretty sure that you knew of it, at least, but... Um...
1: I, um... The whole beginning of it was not familiar to me. I think I maybe know it as the Lonely Hearts Killer or something like that. Oh,
2: okay.
1: Yeah, because I'm definitely familiar with the writing bit, and... Uh, yeah. Hmm. Definitely familiar with the end bit.
0: I've heard it referred to as... What was it? The Black Widow of the Heartlands? <laughs> Or for some reason, something Bluebeard, like Lady Bluebeard, or so I guess. Why? Because well, Bluebeard kept killing uh, women he got involved with, right? Or I, I don't, don't remember the specifics of the tale, but don't know. I assume that's the connection. But I mostly remember Bluebeard as a character from um, Fondness for Decapitation*, but that's from the fables version of it.
1: I, I'm not familiar with any of this. Hmm. I don't think I know the story of Bluebeard.
0: Oh, I probably don't know the original, but... We I should
1: we should do a special on that. Maybe for our 50th. <laughs> um, awesome. On uh, apparently real life uh, murder legend things. I'll I'll make a note. Okay, do make <laughs> a note.
0: But uh, I do get the impression that you think um, she was not in the fire
1: no i I'm so sure I've heard that tail end of it, and I'm sure i mean for a start, she would have killed him i i mean up until <laughs> up until the point where they start digging up the farm, okay, maybe it was just bad luck, really 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 bad luck um but she would have killed the farmhand it's just too set up
0: yeah yeah. i mean it is set up for a setup basically Yeah. yeah um
1: and we know she was fine with killing whoever she wanted so the only reason she wouldn't have killed him is so there was a scapegoat um
0: and she would have had a lot of cash on hand i can imagine
1: yeah interesting she made the updates the will i guess it's just part of the drama
0: I assume so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she did not expect to be outlived by her kids. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I yeah, guess I mean, that would lend a... credence to the, like, no, no, I'm fearing for my life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Mm. And um, on the off chance one of the kids survived, then there's your consolation prize. Mm.
0: That's weird we of saying it, but yes.
1: Um, But I wonder what happened to her. What age was she when she disappeared? Do you know?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to do maths. Thank you. Um,
1: so 60, 70, she 80, would 90, be...
0: 49? Exactly.
1: Oh, no. Uh, she was born in November, so she would be 48. Ah, true. And you're right. Hell's Bell, the Black Widow, or Lady Bluebeard?
0: Lady Bluebeard.
1: Um, Wow. That's mad. That's totally mad. Mm-hmm um really great choice
0: i do try to surprise you more but at least i snuck up on you
1: you thoroughly snuck up on me <laughs> um shall we have a uh, a quick uh break and mm. top up our drinks
0: top up time
1: and then i'll tell you my story please do which is uh pure norwegian but yours was pretty solid norwegian
0: counting you know the amount of Norwegianness, Norwegian-ness per capita involved, yeah. Yeah, you did well. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Belle did well.
1: well. She did bad. well, anyway. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Okay, time for another drink.
0: We'll be right back.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back.
0: We are back, um, topped up and hyped up,
1: maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm feeling quite, quite fuzzy and buzzy. Mm, um, so we have a problem with this one. Oh no. Um, I. Even though according to my DNA, uh, I'm something like 12% Norwegian. Oh right, yeah. Um, no idea where that comes into it because I thought I was pure Dutch and pure Irish. Well, with a, I mean, a little bit of Scottish thrown in with the Irish side, and
0: uh, yeah, but if you, especially if you have Scottish, then you're gonna have mostly Norwegian. Except the Norwegian
1: Danish. comes from my dad's side.
0: Yeah, but that also makes sense because we went along the um, uh, went along the water. Oh yeah, you're, you're
1: all boat people, right? Yeah, and with my surname, it makes sense sort of
0: yeah true <laughs> kind of
1: um, okay but the problem we have mm-hmm. i am not norwegian and i don't know how to say any of these words and names so we have two options either you are my um translation person and i pointed a word and you have to say it and then i have to repeat it um and feel free to jump in and like correct me whenever I say it badly or we just let me uh clump through this and you have to cringe at every word I say and avoid looking at it so you're not cringing too badly
0: I say we'll let you roam free
1: really I'm okay with being corrected
0: if there's something horrible about me I mean when it comes to names I will probably make mistakes as well because uh, Norwegian intonation is for me as in the one I do is either too little or way 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 too much so i probably can get corrected on everything i said last one
1: okay That's well can you can you just say um those it, it's the name of a lady
0: ingeborg köber i assume it's a soft case of so Sherber, possibly köber um, okay
1: um cool. you, Jonathan, you got it have you heard of ingeborg Sherber?
0: I heard of her a couple of seconds ago, but beyond that, <laughs> no, I have no idea who this is.
1: Okay, apparently this is a really well-known Norwegian one. Really? Yeah, like mm. really well-known. Um, what
0: if I'm just not remembering them.
1: And I will be telling you about the grandfather of Scandinavian uh, – Not what, why am I thinking psychology? It's not psychology. The other one. the Psychiatry? No. The one with ghosts and spirits. Spiritualism. Oh. The, the grandfather of Scandinavian spiritualism. Oh, okay. So, who is uh, Ingeborg's dad, um, Ludvig Dahl.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah? Like Roald Dahl, but we're saying it in the Norwegian way. So, <laughs> Ludvig Dahl was apparently the grandfather to Scandinavian uh, spirituality. Mm. Spiritualism. Sorry, spiritualism. Um, so we'll begin with uh, Ludwig. He was born on the 3rd of November in 1864 in Bergen. Um, Bergen is, of course, to most people in our podcasting circle, <laughs> as um, the the place where the Isabel woman was last seen before she uh, showed up very suspiciously, mysteriously uh, burned to death. Mm. Um, if yeah look up the story of the Isabel woman or listen to Death in Ice Valley by BBC World Service and I can't remember the Norwegian thing but
0: it's it I not heard about the Death in Ice Valley version of that
1: Death in good. Ice Valley is pretty good I mean it's um, the BBC person on it he's very um He's very BBC regional, like, um, so it, if if you listen to it and he irritates you in the first episode, it doesn't get better. Um, his Norwegian counterpart, I find utterly charming. Um, mm. I just, I find him a little bit, a little bit much at times and a touch condescending at times, but um, it it was um, overall, like, really recommend Death and Ice Valley. Oh. Um, but yeah, so he's born in Bergen and he actually at, at one point was the mayor of Bergen. Um huh. Okay, I have another word that I need you to pronounce. Biforged? Biforged. Okay, so his job was a Biforged befugged it, so. it okay it does look absolutely bizarre um essentially it's a judge or a magistrate um that is specific to a city police station mm-hmm. and you only have someone in this kind of a position in in big cities um so he at this point is living in frederikstad and uh he later ends up getting seriously into the whole spirituality movement um or spiritualist movement Mm. and uh speaking to the dead and he actually published five books um between 1925 and 1934. their titles include Mm. loosely translated uh death where is your sting um (laughs) life after death in a new light and we survive death so you're welcome.
0: Good news, everyone. <laughs>
1: um so yeah, he yeah, he, he was an interesting guy. Um he was married to a lady called Dagny. Um and she was actually uh her her longest uh professional role was as a city treasurer. Mm-hmm. Um and they had four kids together. They had Ludwig Jr., they had Fritjof. 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 Um then Ingebori and Ragnar. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Fritjof and Ingeborg are twins, actually. Oh. Um, and I have listed them in order of age. Oh, the the twins, I'm actually not 100% who's older, so I'm just assuming. In May 1919, Ludwig's oldest child, uh, Ludwig Jr., was, um, we are jumping straight in, um, was involved in a sailing accident near Hanko. He was only 25 years old at the time, and he and five other young people drowned, so it was pretty horrific. So following this, Ludwig Sr., of course, started looking into spiritualism, uh, which was a movement that had been gaining popularity Uh in the U.S. since the late 1840s. I think it came in in 1848. That's when we first start really seeing it in the U.S. Um, But it only started gaining uh, a following in Norway a few years before. Um, so Ludwig started to seek out experts on spiritualism and started meeting with members of, again, loosely translated, the Norwegian Society for Mental Research, um, which was founded in 1917 and still exists. So it had only been Mm. around for two years whenever this was all kicking off. Um, by then I think it had 400 plus members. So yeah, it was it was like decent enough size, all things considered. Um, so Ludwig's only daughter, Ingeborg, was uh, married and lived in Alsund. Oh, Alsund. Alsund. Um, so she was living there. That's like north. Well, it's halfway up Norway. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, it's about 650 kilometers or 400 miles away from Frederikstad. So like really bloody far. Hmm. Um, she hadn't taken any part in any of the spiritualist activities that her father had been introducing to her mother and her two brothers, um, since the brother, um, the other brother's death, but by December, 1919, so like six months later or yeah. so, um, Ingeborg was visiting her family along with her husband, her kids. And one morning they noticed a apparently it was on Christmas morning, which seems a bit strange, and I'm wondering if it's missed in translation somewhere. But yeah, apparently Christmas morning, they noticed a vase of flowers on Dagny's desk, so that's the mum's desk in the living room, had begun to bend straight okay. towards a portrait of Ludwig Jr. So oh. I'm imagining like drooping flowers in a vase, but yeah. pointing directly at at his picture. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, the family was quite freaked out by it all, and uh, the explanation for why they were freaked out was no one arranged them in this way, but the way it it reads with uh, being translated, it sounds like it, they could have just dropped, hmm. but they were all pointing at him, so it is quite strange.
0: I mean, especially if you have all of them, if there are several, if they're drooping, they droop away to make yeah, space. Normally. Yeah, we're,
1: exactly. Like,
0: I do want to ask, why, why is it weird if it would have been Christmas, though?
1: Uh, I, I just think it's a funny coincidence and there's something else that happens later oh, on oh. Uh, boxing day oh. and I don't know, it's just, it's, it's strange, but there were, this is super famous in Norway and there are only a, a smattering of, uh, English sources and the English sources mm. were all incredibly unreliable. Oh. Um, so I, I've tried to avoid using anything from an English source, but I'm sure I've, uh, I had a bit bleed in here and there anyway so as you would it's it's Christmas you're with your family it's the first one without one of your brothers and all the flowers in the vase are pointing at his face so I know let's have a seance oh, of course yes um so nothing interesting happened during the seance big disappointment however afterwards uh the three kids were talking and Ingeborg was leaning one-handed on the table whenever she tried to walk away her hand was glued to the table like she mm. couldn't move it totally stuck she screamed totally freaked out mm. um Fritjof and ragnar then tried to help pull her hand away um and it was not working at all um and then they heard some mysterious banging noises that seemed to come from the table itself and then she became unglued Hmm. so the banging continued and the siblings noticed that um, the number of bangs seemed to correspond to the letters in the alphabet so this is what they translated the bangs to the deceased ludwig jr claimed to be responsible for the banging and said he was contacting them to say he was in the afterlife and that he was happy and he asked them all to be happy and to contact him again soon
0: that's gonna be a lot of bangs yup for a long period of time. Yep. Yep. Okay.
1: You can understand why that's all he said and then it was let's speak again soon rather than let's continue this chat. It probably took all of Christmas morning. Uh, pretty much
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kind of stuck at like, oh, they noticed it was banging out corresponding to letters, which is like...
1: It it seemed crazy. It seemed totally crazy. But fine. Um so that was Christmas 1919. Nine, in 1920, at some point, um, perhaps in part because of her new bond with her brothers, Ingeborg decides um, that she and her husband uh, should move closer. They end up moving to Holden. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a little bit um, southeast of Oslo. Um, mm-hmm. It's like 27 kilometers or 23 miles away from Friedrichstad so it's like no distance um okay it's a hassle back then but it's it's not bad at all mm. especially when we compare it to the uh 400 odd miles or 650 kilometers before there are a
0: lot of long distances people get used to it
1: yeah i mean i guess i'm used to being in ireland where you can drive anywhere in a couple of hours and anything beyond that it's just like why would you do that
0: <laughs> Then here where you can bike everywhere so.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like biking from one end of the country to the other, more or less. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, the the family um, at this point, so that's every one of the Dahl family, um, had become way more interested in spiritualism. And Ludwig, uh, Ludwig, how do you? Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig senior at this point was documenting all of their sessions. Um, it was becoming clear at this point that Ingeborg was a true medium, or at least her results were the best when compared with anyone else in the family.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and over time, she was becoming the center of their now daily seances. Um, this caused a lot of jealousy from her husband, who felt like he wasn't getting enough attention um, and thought she wasn't uh, paying enough attention to their kids. Um, yeah, I know. You're, you're pulling all the faces. Yeah. Um, they, they did get quietly divorced at some point. I actually don't have the year for it, but it was really over all of this. Mm. Um, and it, it it's very much described as being jealous, um, him being jealous rather than uh, her being neglectful. But mm. yeah. Um, so if we fast forward another couple of years, so by 1923, the family had moved on from interpreting the banging, because that's literally what they had been doing for all these years in the seances, and... <laughs> um,
2: so
0: exhausting.
1: Yeah, you'd think. But 1923 moved on from the banging. They are now using a Ouija board. Oh, of course. Hurrah. Um, Everyone loves board games. Ouija board. Freaky, freaky, freaky. Anyway, (laughs) um, so Ludwig Junior was apparently a control spirit um, and he would regulate the messages and the spirits that would talk to Ingeborg. Um, Typically, Ingeborg would uh, hold her left hand in front of her face and use the right hand um, to sit over the board, ready to be guided by the spirits. Hmm. And it it seemed to to work quite well. Um, Her father was keeping a record of everything. And at this point had, of course, started to to write these books and put together a lot of information from their sessions. Um, So there is a lot of uh, details you can find on the specific sessions, which is kind of interesting if you're into that. Mm. So by the 24th of May 1924, the youngest, Ragnar, died rather suddenly from tuberculosis. He was only 23. Um, no, so
0: you you can understand that after my tale that I'm slightly uh, worried, but definitely tuberculosis and nothing weird. Do
1: right? you do you want me to tell you, or do you want to? I'm I'm happy to tell you. It's up to you. Do you want to be shrouded in mystery and then find out at the end what the whole deal is? Or well, you no, you no,
0: no. What? If there will be a finding up, it that's fine. I that's I can I can fine.
1: tell you for sure now, or I can tell you for sure at the end. I don't mind at the end. Okay, um, so. Age 23, he is now gone as well. We only have the twins left of the four children. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so, good news. The spirit of Ludwig Jr. told his sister that it would take some time for Ragnar to get through to the other side. Um, but by the end of June, Ragnar had arrived and he sent a message that roughly translates as, I'm also here, honey, but uh, it's all a little bit shoddily translated um but mommy shouldn't or mama shouldn't be uh worried um I will gradually get better at uh speaking to you and uh, it'll then be easier on mama and I will come as often as I can get permission Hmm. so this is all message from Ragnar this is Ragnar's first message through his sister mostly directed at the mother yeah he's definitely dead by the way yeah, oh that just, I just don't in
0: that. case we're not. Um yeah, I, I also got kind of stuck on the whole like it'll take him some time to cross over because that like the whole ghosty talking two bits, especially doing seance, seances and stuff. Yeah. Isn't that supposed to be more for actual spirits kind of stuck in the in between and then before crossing over or that might be an interpretation thing I I don't know
1: I think everyone has a different story don't they if there was any consistency then maybe people would take it a bit more seriously but I think part of the problem is everything seems kind of like everyone's got their own version
0: so you're saying we need a ghost bible
1: Uh, I I'm sorry I want a ghost bible nowhere near me and um, I'm just assuming all of this is bullshit I find it absolutely (laughs) intriguing but I'm just assuming all of it is bullshit. And mm. um, I, I just wonder how many of them are in on it. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm a skeptic, apparently.
0: That's <laughs> completely fine. But uh...
1: but for this, whenever whenever it's Ingeborg controlling the Ouija board on her own, mm. it just... I, I'm sorry. It just seems like bullshit. Okay. I she had a really good reputation, and actually, mm-hmm. she had some uh, quite interesting fans.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, you have the entire story. I'm, I'm still unsure of which way I'll lean with okay. my thoughts. Here,
1: no. So. Okay. To be fair, dear listeners, dear Jonathan, Jonathan, <laughs> um, I have no reason to believe she's full of shit, okay. even knowing the full story. And um, I have, I have no reason to believe she's full of shit. And uh, a lot of people have spoken out and said she's definitely legit hmm. and that will go happen more and more as the story goes on. Um, so really like, this is my skepticism going shining through. It's, she's actually arguably done nothing to warrant me being so skeptical. Um, anyway, so back to Ragnar's first message. Um, so the message, uh, also talking to his mum. Uh, While well, sending the message um, to his mom through his sister, uh, apparently brought great relief to Dagny, the mm-hmm. mother, which I think, regardless of what the situation might be, I, I actually don't have a problem with that. I think anything that brings comfort and relief to someone in pain um, in principle is, is a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Ludwig senior actually wrote and published his first book just a year after the death of Ragnar. So was really getting stuck into it. Mm. Um, so now 1924, Boxing Day, 26th <laughs> of December. Um, Ingeborg has her first clairvoyant experience. So she goes into a trance and, uh, and she, she sees things. Oh. And, and this is all very new. I actually am not sure what she saw exactly. Um, but this time she she's deciding that she wants to branch out and uh, seek people to help. So she'd already completed seances with others, but at this point she decides she wants to expand and um, with the help of her two deceased brothers um, start, you know, reaching out to people all over Norway and, and um, almost turning it into a business. Mm. And she actually ended up having people traveling. Okay, you've sort of uh, made the point that in Norway and I guess uh, Nordic countries generally, <laughs> people are used to traveling long distances. But yeah, people traveled across country to to see her like really long distances. Mm. Um, and she was actually attracting quite a lot of foreign attention at this point as well. Oh. Um, and you would have people coming in to be part of her seances. Um, this I couldn't believe was true, but... Yeah. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle reportedly attended one of her seances. And I could see that though. How yeah. crazy is that? <laughs> um, and call, uh, called her the most remarkable medium I've ever come across. Hmm. Um, which is, regardless of what the situation might be, that's pretty cool. Um, Very
0: good PR if nothing else.
1: Yeah. Um, so there were... Consistent reports of her being able to read the contents of sealed envelopes and making items float, like, in mm. the air. Um, and again, her dad was documenting all of this stuff. But in 1933, the seances took a little bit more of an ominous turn. Um <laughs> Basically, Ingeborg made a prediction that her father would die in August of 1934. So, um, in a year, mm-hmm. uh, she said the message came via Ragnar. But before she told her dad, um, the family lawyer stopped her, insisting instead that she would she should write it down, and um, it should be put in an envelope and sealed, and not it it shouldn't be opened till after he actually dies because. Perhaps by telling him it would either upset him, um, and then cause yeah, his yeah, premature so death. Yeah, that. exactly. But
0: w- wait, sorry, just to clarify. So, who, when she had this premonition, who was was it during a séance Who was there, there?
1: There were witnesses. Her father wasn't right. there. I actually am not one hundred percent on all the people that were there at the time, mm. because at the time it wasn't taken very seriously. Um, mm. She had made a few other death predictions before that. Um, I don't think had come through Mm. or come true. And, you know, it seemed not sketchy, but it just, it didn't seem that interesting or significant. And um, maybe it's one of those things where things can go in different directions and in one path, Uh, I, you know, it just. Of
0: course, of course. I, I was mostly curious on how the lawyer came into the discussion
1: the lawyer was uh there in the house with the seance at the same time by the signs of things it was kind of randomly yeah no yeah. like i think they're all very close anyway they did seem super close-knit there was a big change after the death of the first brother
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and yeah they they seem very chummy um but around the same time there was another uh medium Astrid. Stolt Nielsen, mm. um, she was uh, a family friend actually, and another medium apparently. She Astrid had a really similar uh, warning to Ingeborg. Uh This time, it it was um, through Ingeborg and it was once again a code, um, and again, just like Ingeborg's, uh prediction. This code was written down and put in a sealed envelope Hmm. to remain sealed until uh, Ludwig Sr. actually died because it would be super creepy. Um, Hmm. So you see all of these numbers here? All of these numbers are the actual code and Uh, what's beneath it? Yeah, in Norwegian. I want
0: to read that. (laughs) um,
1: Now... There are some typos in it that, uh, in my source, was referred to as spiritual dyslexia, um, so, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. Um, actually, But I mean, come
0: on, like, I would accept typos. I would accept, oh, we miscalculated the knocks or the numbers were wrong. Well, I
1: assume that's actually what it was. Spiritual
0: I dyslexia is just...
1: I I assume that's a shoddy translation job, but I think it's hilarious. (laughs) Do you want to try to read it right now? Oh yes, please. I mean, obviously, there's there's no splits in the words, so it might be kind of like doing an eye exam where they've tripped you up by putting a bunch of words (laughs) in there. But um, are you getting anything from it?
0: It's something like in the. I'm trying to account for... um,
1: Spaces and spiritual
0: dyslexia. uh, The spiritual dyslexia, yes. But in the night of four and three... Yeah, actually... ...doll will die in an accident?
1: That's... Yeah, I mean, that's not bad at all, actually. Um, So the translation I have is in august the 19th thirds uh doll's death man will be killed by an accident but i think that's this is translated from the norwegian version of it so oh. I, I should really have pulled the original source to show you it oh, okay. but um other sources basically say uh i i read somewhere else yeah exactly that two thirds august two thirds or august three quarters or something like that
0: Wait, um, no, I'm going to double, sorry, I want to double check what I said. It, uh, yeah, four and three.
1: Four and three. Th- I, I heard three quarters oh, before something so, like that.
0: Wait, so it could be, so 1934.
1: How creepy is that that's the actual code that was written down, though? Mm. That's madness. Um. So, so yeah, that, these messages both um, were shared in August or rather were sealed in envelopes in August Mm -hmm. there was one final one which is a bit sketchy but it was so the the final prediction came December 1933 a judge in Frederikstad told Dagny that um Something bad was going to happen to her husband, and uh, he was going to join her two sons. It's all kind of vague and sketchy, hmm. and we only know about it because it was repeated later.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Um. So not ideal. Basically, there there are some whispers that there were other uh, rumors that um that Ludwig Senior was was going to. Uh, something bad was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But there there are a lot of unconfirmed reports. We can't really nail down any other sources. So we basically have three death predictions for the following year, Hmm. um, which is quite creepy. Anyway, we go right up to Wednesday, the 8th of August, 1934, a year to the day after the very first prediction. Mm -hmm. Um, So August 8th, 1934, exactly a year after the first creepy death prediction of Ludwig, um, Ludwig and his daughter are holidaying at the family summer home called Bellevue and it's on the island of Henke. Mm. Ludwig was holidaying with his daughter at this point. It was just the two of them. Um, and Ludwig was swimming. No, at around three o'clock his daughter said uh, he went into the water he was um, just swimming around in the bay and suddenly she saw him uh, lift his arms and walk under the water but by this stage he's so far out you couldn't walk under but it was as if he just sort of stepped down and sunk, mm. even though he would have had to have been swimming at this point.
2: Okay. Um,
1: so she immediately ran in after him um, to the place that he disappeared from sight because he completely disappeared from sight after walking mm. under the water. And th- there, there is sort of a, a long uh, shallow portion that you can wade out before hitting the deep water. Um, and, and she could see him lying at the very bottom. Um. Yeah, I know. Mm. Super creepy. So she managed to to get hold of him and drag him back out. Um. To to land, and it it gets kind of interesting here. So, if we believe some of the newspapers of the day, uh, the emergency services of of the time were called immediately,
0: mm.
1: and uh, they were unable to revive him. If we believe, um. Some other papers, who spoke about it less favorably, um, she managed to pull him out and basically left him there for a while, then called her mum a couple of hours later. And when the mum came out, they decided to wait a little bit longer and then call emergency services, who then said, well, he's definitely dead by drowning. All of all of the local reports seem to be like really biased in one direction or the other. So one is like, she goes out immediately and does everything she can to save him and calls all the people and it's all like, oh no, this is a total disaster. The other version is um, she didn't even run in immediately when she saw him sink.
0: So did they have like the angle that they were trying to fulfill the prophecy or? No. Okay.
1: They, because what? the prophecy wasn't really known at this point. Oh. Because those two envelopes are sealed, and no one's really talking about the stuff right now.
0: So why would they say that though?
1: Uh, it gets more interesting. So the oh. the envelopes are open later, and and that's when things start getting really curious. Mm. But um, at this point, no, like I mean, he's just died. People aren't really thinking about it, and they do a full blown autopsy, and uh, they. I mean, they confirm that he drowned and there's there's basically a suggestion that he either had uh, a panic attack or had a cramp and just couldn't swim and drowned. Hmm. Um, it, so like, it's it's not, I mean, it's kind of plausible. Um, and at this point he's 69 years old. So even though he's in decent health, like, I mean, imagine if you had like a, a stabbing chest pain or whatever, mm-hmm. then it, it makes a bit of sense. But
0: then you wouldn't go with your arms well like
1: the only witness we have is ingebori yeah so she, yeah, true. i mean who's to say she didn't i mean misremember or embellish or mm. i mean her words might have been taken out of context and then you don't want to change the story that someone else has already changed true, like i mean who true. knows
2: true.
1: um but the whole thing is really bizarre and then there's some speculation that he wasn't wearing the swimming clothes that he had been seen wearing, but then it, it, it starts getting sketchy for no real reason. So we'll skip over that, but it, it does look quite odd. Um, but yeah, he, he died at 69, three months before his 70th birthday. After it was initially concluded that he died of drowning, they decide uh, this is now after he's been buried and the whole thing has been put to rest. Um, the body is later exhumed, and uh, Professor Francis Harbitz, um, okay. he was a pretty senior guy, um, performed a second autopsy. Um, he also determined that uh, Ludwig had died from drowning. However, he also confirmed that there was uh, between the fourth and fifth vertebrae, some uh, some damage. Now, it could have been absolutely nothing. Um, it's it's quite difficult to tell, or it could have been something from a uh, an injury, whether it was an old injury or a new injury. Mm. It definitely occurred before death, um, and the cause of death was definitely drowning. But it's mm. not very clear whether it was um, it wouldn't have killed him, but it mm. might have been enough to to cause pain or incapacitation or cause
0: him to drown, basically.
1: Mm, yeah, maybe, but there there's no reports of anything external that. Mm you know, there was no bruising or anything that would explain why like that, that happened right before death. It's just something quite interesting. And in a lot of translated sources, it says, uh, there were blows to the neck um, and things like that. But as far as I can tell from original sources, there isn't, Hmm. there's just these, uh, cracking or fissures in the area between the fourth and fifth vertebrae. Okay. And again, at his age, it could have happened at any time, but it definitely happened before death. Hmm. The only other slightly odd thing was he had uh, considerable life insurance on him, um, of sixty thousand krona. I
0: completely forgot the uh, yeah. <laughs> insurance angle. We're yeah. so delving into the spirits and other realms and whatnot.
1: Yeah, it's been building to this. Um, so the the sum was sixty thousand krona. I actually somehow managed to forget to look that up in uh, today's money, um, but. Apparently it's a lot of money and the family received two thirds of it, um, almost right away and received the rest of it before the end of the year. Hmm. Um, what is quite interesting is the insurance was due to expire when Ludwig turned 70. So if he hadn't have died between, well, then and November, then they would have got nothing. Huh. So Yeah. It's a little bit strange. Um, Time
0: and easy to plan, somehow.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the, it, it was a really big deal in, in Norway. Like, a, apparently most Norwegians know about this, mm-hmm. or at least uh, of, of the generation or two above us. And not everyone was convinced that the death was, uh, first of all, predicted by his daughter legitimately, and second of all, that it was actually an accidental death or a drowning. Mm. Um so uh a Supreme Court judge in Norway um wrote uh a whole what do you call it? Basically an essay about mm. um Ingebory saying under the title of Modern Witchcraft, basically saying that uh the whole thing was really not confirmed by science and and while he acknowledges that uh he believes she's able to communicate with her deceased brothers. He thinks the whole thing is is quite strange and sketchy, and um, we should be really careful about generally communicating with the dead or believing it's possible to communicate with the dead. And wanted to, as much as possible, legally put a stop to spiritualism in Norway. Um, so,
0: while at the same time believing that she was legit?
1: I think he was a family friend and he didn't want to speak out against one oh, of the most okay. popular uh, <laughs> spiritualists of the time shortly after, um, like this was October 1934, so it's like two months after her dad has died. So maybe okay. not kick someone while they're dying. Maybe
2: not. No. Um,
1: but it ended up with the media coverage seemingly getting uh, going down one of two paths. You're either on her side or you're not on her side. And mm. if you're on her side, you believe um the the spiritualism, the seances, everything is completely legitimate. And for the record, her dad believed it a hundred percent. No, of course. Um and uh in that case you believe the death was accidental and that uh she predicted it because it was inevitable. Mm. If you don't, then you're thoroughly against her. You think the whole thing is nonsense. Um you think spiritualism is dangerous. You think that um her dad was murdered and um you think that it was probably done for the money Hmm. Mm -hmm. so he it it was it was a bit much um anyway one of the things that was particularly interesting about the sixty thousand uh krona sum was that um not just that if this whole thing had happened three months later she wouldn't have got any money but Back in the day when Dagny was the city treasurer, it turned out she stole money. Oh. The books weren't, um, she, she, yeah, she stole money and tried to cover it up in the books, but it came out and she stole 60,000 krona. Huh. No. She managed to pay it all back after her husband died. It wasn't just from the life insurance. It was also a combination of loans from friends, which presumably then she paid back when she got the remaining life insurance money because they did get it all. (laughs) Um, She denied that um, she'd stolen this money. The whole thing was, you know, very stressful for her. It started coming out just, um, well, it all started coming to a head in October 1935. And it seemed like the walls were really closing in and dagny was um, coming under more and more pressure and she was really denying that that she did this but the evidence was was mounting um there there's some mixed reports but she we know she ended up uh going to hospital um with uh some some sort of obvious physical complaint but it it wasn't um it didn't look like violence had befallen her, it looked like some sort of illness. Mm-hmm. Um and she died quite quite quickly within a few days. Hmm. And on looking at the home it um it seemed like she'd taken uh tablets of some kind, overdosed, and um she died from bleeding of the brain. Oh. And she'd written a letter confessing her guilt of stealing the sixty thousand and because she paid it back, they decided to essentially, uh, with her death and everything else, forgive the whole thing. And and legally, it was it was never investigated further after Dagny died. Aww. But um, she died October uh, the the following year, so that was um, October 1935. After her husband had died in August 1934, hmm. so at this point, you have the twins remaining, and mm-hmm. uh, we really hear very little of. Um, of the other twin. It's really all about Ingeborgie. So, in, well, in her final letter, Dagny said that her, um, her children had no idea about the stolen money and that um, she nor her children knew that uh, Ludwig was insured until after, uh, for his death. And uh, yeah, again it it was just she she confessed to stealing the money but other than that she, she kind of denied any knowledge of anything else which is kind of interesting
0: I mean th- this is an awfully convenient letter though from certain perspectives
1: yeah you know it's funny I I never um, thought that it wasn't a suicide hmm. but yeah for all you know it is absolutely I don't know um <laughs> So six months later, 23rd of April, 1936. I'm, I'm just going to jump right to it. Basically, Ingeborg was arrested and charged with the murder of her father. Hmm. Um, she, she was in jail for five months awaiting trial. There was a lot of back and forth. Whenever she was finally... Uh, she was finally due to go to trial, they ended up dropping the case because they uh, didn't have enough evidence to prosecute. And because Mm -hmm. of the mixed press and, you know, a lot of support for her and also international support for her, the whole thing was described as a a witch hunt of modern times. And um, she was really seen as a victim, which is also quite easy to understand whenever you think you know both of her parents have died within the last couple of years mm. um so although there was a lot of um skepticism about whether or not she was truly innocent she mm. was released and the whole thing is considered um now an accident mm. and that's more or less it yeah i okay. I think that was a bit of an abrupt ending. I'm sorry. I got a bit scruffy.
0: It kind of was like the jumping to the arrest and then nothing happened. Um, okay, this this entire project we have kind of tweaked my mind in a certain way. And I'm still kind of stuck at the convenient. I'm not sure about the phrasing, but coverage of the mother's uh, note, the last uh, letter. Yeah. Um, Just, like, making sure to mention, and of course the kids didn't know about this either at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Most sources actually say that she specifically mentioned Ingebori not knowing about it, rather than all of the children not knowing about it. It it really depends on the source, which is quite interesting. Um, But... And... (sighs) Poisoning? It is a very feminine way to kill someone true um the father drowning thing i wonder um do you think the the damage to the neck was just coincidence i mean it's an interesting note but you you just interesting
0: but i kind of think it's coincidence because i i'm sure that some other things might have been possible to do but if it was something that was visible but not to an extent i i don't think it actually matters i think if there was foul play there might have been other things involved
1: yeah yeah i i kind of feel the same way mm. um do you think it was natural causes
0: i know okay my brain is kind of stuck in a ridiculous <laughs> mode right now because you think
1: it was the spirits uh
0: no actually, <laughs> i think it's even worse like one of the um one of the Biggest like uh, boogeymen or haunting versions in the Nordic region. Oh, oh don't, don't get too interesting because it's silly. But so, so 1934 is probably too early, but still, one of the biggest boogeymen, definitely in Sweden, partially Norway, definitely Finland, I think, as well, is the Russian submarine.
2: Ooh.
0: And that's kind of what I thought when you said like, oh, no, it looked like he was walking down something, but it was too deep to actually stand on something. Yeah. And unfortunately, my brain went straight there. That's ridiculous. really good,
1: though. No, but I actually, this is one thing I do know, obviously nowhere near as much as you, and I didn't grow up with it, um, but... Yeah, the whole um, Russian submarines in the fjords mm. thing—that is absolutely creepy and terrifying. I just—I can't it really believe isn't, that's a thing. It is,
0: I, I mean, it is kind of our Nessie. But I t- guess.
1: it's real.
0: Well, y- yes, it can happen on some bits, but it has been kind of incorporated in the kind of a boogeyman mythos and if people see something unidentified or if they're drunk or if they're paranoid then of course the Russian submarines are there oh I love that um, oh it's the Russians so, yeah. oh. but it, well, no no specifically just the submarines
1: it's the Russian submarines Don't the, the shit, Russians the in general
0: submarines. they're just the threat and the uh, everlasting
1: well, not, well, I imagine it's more have, so for Finland because the Finns are really like spooked by uh, the Russians.
0: Yeah. I I don't know how it is in Norway. I know that uh, well, well. Finland. You've two is countries a very to march through to get thing. there. Yeah, Finland for um, sure.
1: And I mean, and, they've and, had that.
0: Yeah, between we, the Swedes had, and um, the Russians. Uh, but we've had uh, there were a buffer, but as the um, old war cry used to go, uh, Finland's cause is ours, Oh um, which is cute. Uh, so that got very much incorporated into the Swedish thing. And I do remember when I did my military service, there was competition by that stage because it had so much time had passed, but it was basically 50% of when our officers were talking in general terms about the enemy, it was either... Um, I think it was either Ivan marching between the trees, or it was I don't remember the name used, but basically something more Al-Qaeda related, oh. hiding in the shrubbery or something like that. Okay. Those were the two villains. So even back then wow the Russians survived.
1: The Russians survived. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really like the who was a Russian submarine. <laughs> and she just like, she was told, sh- or mm-hmm.
2: like, be quiet or you're dead.
1: Oh. oh, that was a good side theory. It's <laughs> like, well, at least we get the insurance money. Or maybe they really didn't know. Um, I, I find it hard to believe they didn't know. I also, I mean, okay, it is very much possible that, um, you know, you if something terrible befalls you on the last day, your insurance is valid. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still... Okay, like, it's it, the last three months. But yeah,
0: still. I was going to say that was a bit longer. Yeah, but, but at, at the same time, like this goes both ways. Like, on the one hand, it feels pretty natural for an assurance to lapse at that stage. He probably would have gotten a new one, but that would probably have resulted in a smaller payout as well due to age and other risks. Yeah. So
1: I I don't know why they're talking about it in all the sources as if. This insurance would have been gone, and that would have been the only insurance ever because I, I have nothing else to back that up. Um, again, in the English sources, a whole bunch of times I find insurance was supposed to expire in a few weeks or was going to expire the next day. And it's like, <laughs> that doesn't seem to be true at all. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it is a pretty interesting coincidence. And if the sealed letters are legit, then is that a way to cover your tracks by saying, oh, I predicted it um, because no, it but- was inevitable, not because I did it. Why I wouldn't be so stupid. It's like fatal attraction. Like, why would I? It,
0: it is the fatal attraction thing. It, I do think that it would, if there was any other evidence that would fly better as premeditation than anything else.
1: Not if you're widely accepted as a, an amazing psychic that even Sir Arthur Conan, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle says is uh, like incredible.
0: Like I said, you have a lot of popular support, but if there were any kind of evidence, yeah, that would probably have been put forward. Us, yeah. you know, um, she um meditation.
1: She ended up like going on and having like a pretty good life, and she remarried, mm. and um, I don't know whether, like, I mean, she still. Seemed to be doing all of her uh, seance-y things, but obviously it was toned down a bit. Now her dad isn't around anymore. Hmm. Um, but yeah, she she did a lot. She, she kept going and I think she had more kids and seemed to lead a pretty normal life. Hmm. Well, as normal as you can be for a medium. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Does it qualify as a mystery? I think so. You understand? L- I like- was a little bit like... Mm,
0: no i do understand but there is enough like partially just having such a focus on the supernatural gifts and that combined with the timing which is still good timing mm. i i think mystery is a good pick i like it thank you i, I really like seeing the um uh seeing the actual message from beyond as well
1: i i really wish it had occurred to me to copy over the uh the norwegian um sort of fixed one with the spacing in it but yeah i will uh, i will prepare it for our next session
0: wait you did sorry if i missed it but uh you didn't clarify on the um was it tuberculosis
1: Oh yeah, so um, I—that's why I was saying I'm—I'm I'm totally fine with um, telling you now. Hmm. Apparently, all legitimate, like okay, it, it okay. was just like a, a mad accident that befell the the eldest, and uh, genuinely TB that befell uh, the youngest. Fair enough. So, hmm. but it does make it quite spooky. It does. And the the other uh, brother, the twin mm. of Ingvori, like I—I I always find it so interesting when people are twins and think that there's more of a connection there mm. or more of a bond or something and no it doesn't, doesn't seem to be anything I couldn't find anything on him really hmm. so many sources didn't even mention him I guess he's not the interesting one
0: yeah I was going to say like if one has the spotlight it's. Hmm.
1: but yeah that's my story
0: that's a good one made me think of all manner of mythology and spirituality and Russians
1: <laughs> Russians hmm. Oh, the Russians and their submarines. Okay, give give me a um, a for example. So you and I, we've had a few t- too many drinks. We're in downtown Bergen. We're like staying a bit outside the city, and I point at something in the water and go, "Hey, hey, 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 hey!" See that? And you say, oh, "I I don't know." D- give me give me a <laughs> give just to t- give me some example where you know you would go. It's just the Russian submarines, or.
0: Oh, it would definitely, in these cases, it wouldn't be, oh, it's the submarines. It would be more like, what is that? Is that the Russians? (gasps) Like getting worked up and then either running and hiding or trying to see something and then it disappears. And like, oh, no, they were onto us. They're sneaky bastards. More (laughs) along those lines.
1: Okay, good to know. Oh, wow. (laughs) Very nice.
0: Oh, Before I forget,
1: yes, you had a follow-up. I
0: had a side notey thing. Yay!
1: Tell me, tell me, tell me.
0: So you remember? Well, you remember your wonderful story about, and I'm still stuck on the Iron Hamster, or was it uh, the Gerbil or Iron Mike? Was it
1: Iron Mike? No, yes. was it Iron Mike? Yeah, Michael Malloy. Yeah, yeah, um, Iron Mike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, during the part. The, the main attraction of him being served antifreeze. Yeah, yeah. I said jokingly something along the lines of, apparently the cure is to drink more. And? I did a quick look up. Oh, amazing. So, the preferred antidote for, uh, I don't remember the scientific term, but basically antifreeze poisoning. Yeah. Is uh, fomepizole with ethanol used if this is not available
1: so he him drinking could have actually helped
0: possibly like i didn't dig deep enough That's for really this to be proper sciencey but i saw this statement of like no no second best bet is using ethanol uh, normally treatment is preferably uh, used uh, intravenously uh, and i know it's not a one-to-one correlation but i can imagine that having the supposed of alcohol in your system. Yeah. Alcohol levels in his blood like him that might have helped actually and feel <laughs> free to correct me gentle audience but i saw this line and i felt i had to say that's
1: it. that's amazing thank you for sharing hmm. <laughs> i love
0: it this is the fun thing
1: i i absolutely love it iron mike actually lasted a hell of a lot longer because once he'd gotten over the hump of his alcoholism was all downhill from there until a <laughs> pipe was shoved down his throat and he was yeah gassed Ooh.
0: true I was gonna say don't take any lessons from these statements but yeah okay if excessive drinking leads to the pipe and everything
1: oh it was it bad it's a bad ending for him but that's really cool that um we have a st- well slightly sciency reason for um why (laughs) he may have
0: don't call it that
1: slightly sciency i didn't say scientific i said slightly sciency so i already have my my uh numpty hat on it's fine um that was um i i have nothing more to share for this week i feel like Mm. this has been a long one and it's also very late
0: yeah i for some reason i remember saying that mine would be a bit shorter but it probably wasn't
1: no i don't but
0: um We covered a lot I liked it Everything from You know Dating to divination
1: Yeah Go us Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I'm tired
0: And that's our cue Mm,
1: Well thank you all for listening
0: Mm, Thank you very much
1: And We will be back next week Mm. And if you want to Give us a shout in the meantime We are on Twitter At Crime by the Bar
0: Mm -hmm. And you can email all your wonderful either conspiracy or spiritual theories to crimebythebar at gmail.com.
1: And you can check out some fun extras on www.crimebythebar.com.
0: Including pictures we have. Well, I had a lot of pictures that I didn't show you, but I can make a list.
1: You need to send me some (laughs) of these pictures, actually, and then I'll upload them. Perfect. Because it needs updated. Mm. Mm. But that's it for this week.
0: That's it. So until next week, take care. Have a lovely weekend and we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.
1: There we go.
0: Mm -hmm. Straight as a shepherd's pie.
1: As a what pie? Shepherd's. Shepherd's pies are flat.
0: Sounds straight to me.
1: What? No. No.
0: Strange flat square.
1: No. No. <laughs> no. I. Fine. No. I refuse.
0: You reject my reality.
1: I reject your simile.